Hello and welcome to Game Pass Forever, a standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. Each month we dive into a new game off the Xbox Game Pass lineup. This segment exists because of the generous support of our backers on Patreon. If you enjoy this content, please visit patreon.com oio and consider pledging $2 a month to support the show. Outside is Overrated is presented by Premier Health. Check out their website at premierhealthmn.com. I'm your host, Tom Sidlachik, and joining me for the discussion today are the Hobby Box, Joe Burns. hey And Dr. C, Casey Helene. Hey, what's happening, everybody? For January's Game Pass Forever game, our benevolent overlords on Patreon chose The Outer Wilds by Mobius Digital. Why? It's completely beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> this studio is known for nothing. It's their first game. Um... And I want to dig into that in just a minute, but first, let's talk about the core gameplay loop of The Outer Wilds. The Outer Wilds is a combat-free space exploration game. The core gameplay loop is, you're stuck in a time loop. You blast off and you crash into other planets or the sun. (laughs) You die, you wake up, and repeat. On the rare occasion when you successfully land on other planets, you explore ruins, translate ancient texts to try to uncover what happened to an ancient race, and why you are stuck in the time loop. Joey, we'll kick it off with you. You nominated this game, and I know you had very high hopes for it. Did you enjoy your time exploring this universe? Uh, I, I definitely did. Uh, I kept myself as in the dark as possible leading up to the to playing it, just because I had heard from a couple of like reviewers or whatever um, on on like the internet when it first came out that it's it's best to just go in without really knowing what's happening or what, what the deal is. And so, yeah, literally, I just went in. Not really knowing to ex- what ex- what to expect, um, and I think it 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 really grabbed me. Like I basically by like the second or third time I triggered like or the time loop happened, I was just like in. It's like I knew what I wanted to try to accomplish. I knew like the time frame I had to try to do those things in, and it was just sort of like okay, I'm gonna try this and I'm gonna try this. And and for me, it it, it scratched like an itch. The thing that always when I was a kid drew me to things like Star Trek The Next Generation was, like, that sense of exploration and being, like, the person that's trying to, like, meet these alien races or figure these things out. And this game, like, scratched that itch in a way that I I actually wasn't expecting. Like, I kind of thought that I might be interested and enjoy this game, but it, like, it really resonated with me a lot more than I expected. That's awesome. I was a bit more trepidatious going into the game. I was... I knew, I knew the gist of it. I knew it was space exploration and that it wasn't combat heavy. I knew that some people consider this a game of the year contender, but I also knew that opinions were widely divided. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be reflected on our show here. Yeah. You're on one end of the spectrum, not to steal Casey's thunder. He's on the other end of the spectrum, and I'm somewhere right in the middle. I did really enjoy my time with this game, but I was so irritated with how often I died. And I'd find that after a couple of runs, like I'd often just have to stop because like I'd, I'd be exploring something, I'd die, I'd try to jump in my ship, shoot back the right away, and then I'd crash into the planet because I was a little overeager, and I'd die again. Oh, great, I get to blast off again. This time I get caught in the gravity of the sun, dead again. It's like, okay, I'm just, I'm done with Outer Wilds for tonight. Uh, that being said, I it was fun. I really enjoyed the exploration, but Casey, Casey, I know how you feel about this game. Was there anything of value for you in the Outer Wilds? Yeah, there's plenty of value in this game. Like the pure exploration of universe is something that I haven't experienced in a game since uh, No Man's Sky. 
No Man's Sky just multiplied it by infinity. And let's uh, stop right there for just a second. These are two very different scopes for games. Uh, the Outer Wilds, you're exploring space, but it's like 12-ish planets. Like, it's a very confined space. No Man's Sky is an infinite universe. Just for your personal preferences, do you like the huge scope, or do you like a smaller scale type of experience? Man, that's really tough. For like, me, I like the smaller scale. That is appealing. Like, I like the thought that I can explore all of the galaxy that yeah. there is for me to explore. Like, the infinite planets in No Man's Sky was a cool feature, but for me, I like a smaller scope of something. So, like, I at least have a sense that maybe I can touch everything and see everything and experience it all. Yeah, I think with No Man's Sky, I just remember the first time getting to that point in that game where you kind of see, like, every single, maybe not every single, but, like, the vastness of the universe and, like, my mind just being blown that they were able to do that in a video game well we had a moment there because like when we we were playing that game together and we put our bases right next to each other we learned that it's really hard to gather enough resources for everything there and then once you like got the uh uh light travel i forget what it is that sends you across the universe but like we bid each other adieu we split off our paths in yeah. different ways and i've never gone back to the game since then it's like it was a very fitting farewell to no man's sky yeah and i'm uh, I don't think I will, but they've done so much to that game since we played it. Uh, even recently, they made an entirely new, like they added, I don't know, like a robot race that comes in and invades, and you get to actually battle them and stuff. I think from what I'm reading, but it's it sounds actually super cool. And like I thought, about, like man, I should kind of go back and maybe check this thing out again. You also have like AI robots that you can have that'll do things for you and stuff like that. Like it's it's, it's fascinating for a game that like flopped and angered as many people as it did when it first came out like no man's sky has been like one of those resurgent stories of developers that just put their you know nose back to the grindstone figured things out and just kept trying to make a better game and have continued to do that for five six years i think it's even longer than that that was early-ish in the ps4 generation yeah and it's insane and then it was what 2020 they won the um comeback game of the year comeback game of the year or and it was like the what do you call it the uh live service game of the year or whatever it beat out like destiny 2 and Fortnite, um because it's just one of those things where they kept putting things out and people kept playing and, and they kept like fulfilling the things that they said early on about the game um which i think is is interesting uh Outer Wilds is much more a solitary experience. It's much more of a... And and everything is crafted. So whereas No Man's Sky is this procedurally generated, you go to these different places and it's going to be something wonky and something different. Here it's like every single planet and every single thing is designed for a, a very specific purpose within the game. And at first, it maybe doesn't seem like that. But when you start to see the different connections of all of these pieces and... You start to look at your ship's log and you see the lines connecting between all of these things. It's 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 fascinating, like the amount of connectedness that is sort of brought together within like this one solar system. Um, and I think that's neat. I think that's a lot of fun. And it was for me, it was fun to explore for 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 others. It doesn't seem like that was maybe the case. Well, I, getting back to it, I think the exploration of it was actually one of the cool things in this game, and I can appreciate that aspect of it. Um, there's just other things in this game that wrecked it for me later, and we'll get into that. But also in this game, I think the production value was extremely mm-hmm. well done. The Visually, uh, each planet, like exploring each one, is, is really cool. Um, then the sound aspect as you're exploring, um, the way that they 
kind of guide you to to these different planets and trying to explore. And we'll uh, set that up. Just a touch. There's a special tool you have. I forget what it's called. Signal scope, I believe. Yeah, signal scope, which will pick up sound from like across the galaxy. There's some other astronauts from your race out on different planets, and most of them are playing an instrument. So like you can tune your signal scope and uh, pick up a sound from across the galaxy, and that'll lead you to your peers out across the galaxy. Yep. And then there's an achievement for if you catch them on the signal scope. I think it happens two or three times each loop. If you catch them once they're all aligned and you hear all of the music playing at once, you get like an achievement or a trophy for that. It's kind of cool. Nice. No trophies on a Game Pass Forever segment. <laughs> you get your trophies out of here, Mister. I buy everything on PlayStation. Well, and I had already bought it. Like, if if I wouldn't, if I hadn't bought it previously, I would have played it on the Xbox. But I already owned it, so I was like, well, I might as well get the trophies for it then. Yeah. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Casey, what was the most interesting thing you saw in this galaxy? That's a pretty tough question. Uh, every time you land on a new planet, there's a lot to take in. Each one has different elements you have to get used to, whether it's water and tornadoes on Giant's Deep or anglerfish in the Dark Bramble. Each one brings a little something different to the table. Um, even just getting used to different gravity fields on a planet can be a challenge. That was jarring because there isn't like there aren't a lot of tutorials in this game that like explain no. stuff. Like I was on Giant's Deep and I'm like, why can't I freaking jump? This is so frustrating. <laughs> and then like uh, if you pay attention to your HUD, it does say like gravity two times on Giant's Deep yeah. and. Each planet is a little bit different it's a nice touch it's gives everything a unique feeling yeah i think the first time you experience it it's really cool but then maybe the second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth time you experience it it's like just show me all these freaking things to translate so i can figure out what's going on here and blast off to the next place i mean but that's just like so i guess i guess there's 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 a couple different ways to look at it that way so it's like you know Maybe should it have warp pipes so that you can just beat the game and say, I beat the game? Maybe. But if the entire game is about going through all the steps to get to that point and the experience of unraveling this kind of weird, just just the weirdness that was happening or that is happening, um, like you, you can't really do that per se, right? Um, and so I think that's that's where like the purpose of the game isn't necessarily to speed run it and beat it and say, hey, I finished it. Even though you can, once you know the solution, you could do it your first loop. That there's a, there's an achievement for that too. Um, but I, I think so much of this game is all wrapped up in the experience of getting there, and I think that's what makes that's what makes the game interesting and special. Um, not necessarily just the moment to moment gameplay of it, but I still think the moment to moment gameplay of it it's sound like the different gravity on the different planets presents different platforming things that you have to do. You have to do a really good job sometimes of using your jetpack to get to places um, or piece together how that planet is weirdly working together and you know, figure out how to make it work. Um, I was not good at piecing things together. I think the other thing that was really interesting is, and I, I don't know if this was like part of their design decision or not, but so there's, there's some time, there's some planets that are, have much sterner negatives to, um, to failing, right. Or screwing something up. So for instance, if you have, um, uh gosh brittle hollow so it's the planet that has the outer crust it's the planet that explodes and shoots you to a space station yeah yes i I had a very negative first experience there but proceed um and so the weird thing about that planet is there's like a black hole in the middle of it 
And as the moon that's circling it, which is a volcano moon, it's like it has like three volcanoes that just shoot out magma chunks um, at the planet. Um, it breaks the crust of the planet and it slowly is like deterior deteriorating. Um, and sometimes you screw up on platforming there and you fall through a black hole and you're like, well, shit, now I'm now I'm, you know, how many kilometers across the solar system? How the heck do I get back to where my ship is? Because you can see your ship on the HUD. And it turns out you can't just use your jetpack and fly there. That was one of my early deaths. Right. <laughs> but it's interesting because you fall through there and in front of you, you see a thing and you jetpack yourself up to it and you're like, oh, it's this weird little space station. And you find out, oh, this space station is uh, something that the, the, the my created because too many of them fell through the black hole on Brittle Hollow. And it was a way to teleport back to Brittle Hollow. And you're just like, okay. So you almost see, like, these are the way this other race as they were exploring this galaxy had failed, and then the fail-safes that they built in to kind of, like, loop you back into it. And so you find some of those things as you go through that make some of those negatives maybe a little more palatable, and it's more of just an inconvenience as opposed to really, like, screwing things up for you, I guess. I want to poke at that space station a little bit. Like, I get the concept of it, like... They built it to send their people back. That's great. But couldn't they have sent their people back by flipping a switch while you stand on the platform for like a teleporting beam and not like having to go down to a lower level, move a ball into a certain spot and then zip well, yourself back up the to the balls level? are their switches. Like that's how you open doors. Like all their doors are moving that ball to the open area. Like that's just that's the way that that's no my switches. That's what that is. And then, yes, I do not care for the Nomai for for teleporting (laughs) for teleporting. Like you have to be aligned to the point that you're teleporting to. And that's that's the whole point. So you're waiting for it to line up. And once it lines up, you get sent. And uh, yeah, as you go deeper into the game, teleporting becomes a much more important part of it. Uh, And you find that out. And 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 so that's like the first nugget about it that you get. But then you start to dig into it and you find more and more. I mean. There are so many interesting things. And, and like I said, like with this question, um, like you prompted, like what's the most interesting thing you said? And it's just like, like I almost didn't want to say anything about Brittle Hollow because I feel like that's breaking part of the experimental uh, experience. I mean, sorry, that's redundant, but it, it's, it's breaking that a little bit. And there are so many just like cool things that you find or stumble across. And you're just like, okay, that makes perfect sense as to how this worked. And, you know, you can piece it together. You can think logically about it or you could just stumble upon the things. And there are so many of those things that are so cool that I don't want to ruin on here. Um, but I, I like speaking of like Brittle Hollow, like each planet uh, has its own unique spin to it. Like we were talking about. So like there's the Hourglass Twins. And at first glance, it was like the name was Hourglass Twins. And it just it made me think of the Skeleton Twins with Kristen Wiig. And uh, Bill not, Hader, not familiar. Which I never saw the movie, but it's like they're these twins that are like pale and pasty, and I don't know. It's like a drama like, that two comedians tried to make. You know, I like both those actors. Yeah, I, I heard it's a good movie, but anyway, and it's just like that's kind of a stupid name. But then you realize it's called that because the planets are orbiting each other as they orbit the sun, and they're siphoning sand from one planet to the other, um, and. So as that sand is going from one planet to the other, it's closing certain areas on one planet, but opening areas up on the other, which is just, it's just fascinating once you sort of see, okay, I need to go to this planet first so I can get to this spot and look at this thing. 
Then, now that that's covered up with sand, I can go to this other, I can go to the other planet, the twin planet, and get to these other things that uh, are, like, gone because the sand, are, are available because the sand is gone now. And, and so it's, it's interesting. And th- there's just so, so much like that to find and stumble across. And sure, you're going to get sucked into the gravity of the sun a few times. You're going to crash a few <laughs> times into random things that you're not necessarily expecting. Sometimes that's annoying. Sometimes it's like, holy crap, I just hit a satellite that's flying around <laughs> that I knew nothing about. And it's just, there's just so many interesting things to stumble across and find in this game. And that's that's one of the things that I really enjoyed. And I can see maybe why other people didn't enjoy that. I didn't give you guys an opportunity to prep for this question, and so I apologize for that. But how did you approach this game? For me, a Tom's got a Tom. So I got on my ship, I blasted off. I'm like, oh, I haven't been to that thing yet. Go shoot over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I crashed into the sun. Well, F that planet. Mm-hmm. Get back into my ship, blast off. Oh, yeah, there's something I haven't been. So I was very scattered in my approach. Like, I took a very broad approach. I'm like, oh, I'll check out this planet and see what I can find. And then, well, that was fun. Maybe I'll go back there. Or uh, when I start up a new session, I'd shoot off to somewhere else. So, like, I tried to take a very broad swath mm-hmm. and just kind of see what I could stumble into. Was that a crazy approach? I don't think in the beginning is that crazy. No. Uh, it's fairly similar to what I did. I spent a lot of time in the beginning on the home planet, kind of exploring that, getting some knowledge. I didn't explore it at all. Like, beyond what you have to do before you can launch for the first time, you have to go through town and talk to some people and get some launch codes, which kind of sets up some of the things in the game, like the other race, the, I'm sorry, what are they called? Nomai. The Nomai. There's a cool moment early in the game with a Nomai statue. But then after that, like, I just... I never stayed on that planet. Like it, I was there long enough to ride the elevator up, <clears throat> inevitably turn the wrong way away from the ship, so I'd have to do like a instead of a ninety degree <laughs> turn, a two hundred seventy degree turn <laughs> every single time, and then it was off into space. Yeah. So, so for me, um, I kind of did the same thing. I jumped into the, the the ship, and it was just like, okay, where am I going to go first? And then I, I went there, and um, the only reason I started to explore the main planet was. I think as I was launching, as I was launching, I either started looking at my map before I got out of the planet's gravity and got sucked back down. I died once that way. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like, luckily, I noticed like what was happening. Like I came out of the map as I was like seeing the planet rise back down at me. And so I was quickly able to like adjust and not like completely die with crashing. But I did crash, but I crashed down into an area and it was like, oh, there's something here. And then I, I went and I said, oh, there's like this mine down here. And you go into this mine and there's this projection stone that you find. And it's just, okay, there's stuff that I could find on this planet. But then the next time I was just like, all right, well, I'm going back to this planet instead. But eventually I came back and I started looking through the different things. And, um, but yeah, I, I kind of, once I would get onto something, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to this planet and I want to see more of this thing. Or I want to figure out how to get to this part of this planet. Um, and so then it was just, okay, lock it into my map, target it. So then I can just go and like, like I, like I kind of said, as you get used to the game, like at first, the first time you're going to these different planets, it's kind of a pain because you're just like, okay, it's going to take me forever to get there, find out where I'm going, how to land, where should I land on the planet? But after you go back there a few times, like it becomes, like I said, I could basically get to any of the planets within like two, three minutes. Once you get used to it, because you just like, okay, I launch from here. And if I'm taking off right away, the planets are all in the same spot, every loop. So it's just like, okay, I launch and then angle myself this way and go. And then I'm going to be able to get to this planet or angle myself the other way and go to get to this planet. And so 
like you get used to that and it mitigates it. For me, it didn't seem that repetitive until the end of the game when you have to trigger like a few things in a very specific order Um, or some of the planets. It's a little bit more in depth to try to explore pieces of it. And that becomes a little frustrating when you have one little screw up or you're like, oh, I wanted to see one more thing in the loop ending. Shoot. You know, um, nice save that got frustrating at times, but um, it really didn't like get to the point where it's like, I need to take a break from this game until like the end, end of the game when I was trying to trigger the end game. So. Sure. There's an achievement for dying in less than 60 seconds. It is appropriately titled Gone in 60 Seconds. I got that uh, in a moment of frustration. I was on, I think, Giant Steep, and uh, I was on the cusp of figuring something out. I died. And so I just jump in the ship. I go hurtling back towards Giant Steep. I managed to get there and crash to my death within 60 seconds of waking up. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Joey, I think your achievement of Gone in 60 Seconds was a little less memorable. I I, uh, fell off the launch pad. Before I got like in the ship or anything, and it's just like, oh, well, I guess that works. <laughs> yeah, I must have been close the first time I tried to take off because I didn't break atmosphere before I took my foot off the gas. So I went oh, crashing yeah. back down, and uh, I got out of the ship. I'm like, huh? And like, I fell off the launch pad. I didn't die, but then I went to go get the lift, and the lift was up, and the lift just came down, killed me. <laughs> I had that happen to me once or yeah. twice too. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, did you get the dead in sixty seconds achievement? I did not. Although the first time that I launched the ship. I don't know how long it took me to get to the planet, but I think I did the same thing as you, Tom, where like I just accelerated, didn't know how to land properly, and just launched myself straight into the wall of the <laughs> the crust of the planet yeah. and died instantly. So the way to look at it is, so, I mean, the, the species that you are a part of isn't super technologically advanced. Like, they figured out how to do rocket travel, but they don't have, like, space simulators or anything. So when you look at it this way, the time loop is basically your space simulator. It's your, like, freedom to screw up and figure out, okay, don't do that that way. Do something different. Um, And so if you look at it that way, that's you learning is the time loop allows you to give that chance to learn. Whereas if there wasn't the time loop and you just die, then it's like, okay, got to go back to the main menu. Got to reload the game and wake up and go. And so, um, and from a gameplay perspective, it makes sense. From a lore perspective, it makes a lot of sense um, as, as you uncover things. Um, well, let's poke at that time loop a little bit. Don't try to make me like the time loop, Joey. <laughs> Casey, you uh, you sent a text that really made me chuckle. You think you thank Joey Overtext for making us play a new version of Mist. I know you enjoyed some elements of this game, but where did you struggle with the Outer Wilds? Was it the time loop? Is I, it the time loop? Could it be anything but the time loop? No, it is the time loop. Um, I absolutely loathe the time loop. Uh, one of the most frustrating things I've experienced in a game, and I understand why it's in this game. I get it. From that mm-hmm. perspective, I know why they did it, but man, it was so frustrating. And I get it. We've, we've all played games where if you die, you have to go back to the last save point and restart there. A lot of times with that, though, you're gaining experience or something else like that. And I guess in this one, you're gaining knowledge, exploration, knowledge, yeah. sort of. Physical experience of how to do things differently. Sometimes. It's like the bloodborne of non-combat yes. Some, space travel. Sometimes, like Tom said, though, you launch into a planet, you land, you're hit by a tornado, you die instantly, then you have to restart the loop all over yeah. again. But then you're like, I avoid tornadoes next time. No, because sometimes it's <laughs> completely unavoidable. Some, sometimes you're sitting there, and all of a sudden one comes sneaking up behind you and smokes you and launches you into space. You come crashing down, smash your helmet, and you die. And there's but, nothing you can do about it. Don't but There is things that you can do about it, because you can, you can use your boosters... And your jetpack to slow yourself down to the point where you don't die hitting the planet. But you learn that as you 
as you experience that. This is one of the greatest moments uh, that I've <laughs> had on microphone with OIO. You two are, uh, <laughs> we're fired up right here. No, it's just, uh, I think, I'm not sure how I could, like, the, the, try to get my words out here, but it's, this game was, had so many good aspects of it, and I feel like if I was on a planet and I landed on that planet, somehow having the ability to just restart in the spot where I landed and get to it would have been so much more enjoyable for me than actually having to die, re-wake up at the platform, run into my ship, launch, either enter the coordinates or, or not enter coordinates, but um, you know, go to your navigation mm-hmm. thing so you can like track straight to the to the planet. Launch there, get there. I mean, yes, it takes three to four minutes. Is it that bad? No. Trying to land the ship, which takes some time, landing in the same spot on the planet to try to get back to exactly what you were trying to do. Because that's the thing. Like, once you figure out what you kind of need to do for this game, advancing past that isn't that hard. But then, like, these little things happen where there's like a million ways to die in this game. So <laughs> having that happen and like having some of these unexpected things when you're like right there or like, you got 19 minutes and 30 seconds and you're like trying to decrypt these know my languages so mm-hmm. you can get there and all of a sudden boom you're dead <laughs> ah it's just like the worst thing and i'm god dang it and i have to go back to my ship and then fly to the same thing again repeat the whole thing over and over it just like it get to a point where for me it just wasn't fun anymore um i'm on the other end of the spectrum i actually enjoyed the loop and i enjoyed the penalty for death like it's it sets you back, and you have to reset. And generally, for me, like I'd get frustrated. I'd be like, "Well, f that place. I'm just gonna go somewhere yeah. new and, exp- and poke at something else for a little bit." Maybe that wouldn't have worked mid or end game, but it worked for where I was with the game. I like having some some like tangible setback for death. Well, in, in, in the beginning of the game, for me, it wasn't that bad. But after like the twenty thirtieth time, and like these other times, like for for if we're going back to the mist comparison, for mist, it'd be like. Oh, I hated that game. I hated that game right. so much. So, so picture this, though. You're in Mist, right? So this is the comparison where you're in a an age in Mist. So you get to an age. I never got to another age. Yeah, you, you didn't. You, you got to the first age. Oh yeah, you, I did you get got to off one the age. Yeah. So everything that I you had to go, everything age. that you had to go through to get to that age. Imagine only having a set amount of time to explore that age and finish that puzzle before you get done with it. And if you don't do that. Your world resets, you end up back on Miss Island, and then you have to restart the same process over and over again to get back to that age. Would you ever play that game again? No, you wouldn't. I'd definitely never play Mist again. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's aspects in this game that are way better than Mist. I'm not like, mm-hmm. from that, so exploration, completing puzzles, they're very similar. But, like, I just hated the fact that I had this set 20 minute time frame. And, like, you, I'm very analytical. We know this from mm-hmm. everything else. So, like, in my brain, a lot of stuff, like, I don't have time in this game really to sit there and kind of like figure out everything that I have. And I'm not going to waste a 20 minute time loop, like going over my star chart and my ship to figure out what I have to do. But that sounds so much like you, Casey. Yeah. Yeah. But it's when you're in the, when you're in the ship's log, it stops like pauses time. So you don't have, you don't lose time to the time loop if you're in your ship's log. Um, And you can set it up so that when you're decrypting things, it doesn't pass time. And when you're having conversations with people, it doesn't pass time. So, like, if you go up to grab your shoot your suit, eventually, after like the first few loops, then the it says there's a button that allows you to hit the pre-flight checklist that allows you to say, "Hey, pause time when I'm decrypting things." And so, basically, you start decrypting something, and then you'll notice that, like, if the lighting is changing around you when the time's going on, once the words pop up 
it like time pauses. Like the sound, the music and stuff still goes. The only time it doesn't is if the loop has triggered. Once the end of the loop has triggered and that music starts, that's showing you that's the end. That doesn't like time doesn't pause at that point. Once that music starts, but otherwise the first twenty minutes of it do. Um, and so there's there's little things in there that help to mitigate some of that, but. So I don't want to sound like I didn't play this game, but is there a finite end of the time before time just resets? Yeah, it's 20 minutes. 20 22 minutes. minutes. 22, 22 minutes specifically. I managed to die on every single run, every single time I played this game within 22 minutes. Like you never, never actually just ended the loop? Nope. Wow. That's something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I put some time into this game. <laughs> Like, how did you die in some of the different places? Uh, lots of crashing to death. Uh, sometimes I just get frustrated and hurdle myself into space and uh, <laughs> run out of fuel so that I burned up all the oxygen. Um, lots of falling to my death and, like, cracking the helmet open. Um, really? Yeah. Huh. Every single time I died within 22 minutes. I had no idea that they, the game would just reset. Like, I would probably guess that, like, maybe 30% of the time I died... The other 70% of the time was like the loop ending. And earlier on, like you screw up a lot and you will die and you will fly into the sun or fly into planets a little too hot or run into a room full of uh, ghost peppers. Well, yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you should learn early on that you just do not mess with that until until you figure out how to figure out where the actual like ghost particle is within the ghost particle field. Like, until you figure out how to see that so you can try to navigate it, like, you should just stay away from those crystals. Anytime yeah. you see those crystals. Once was enough. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but there's ways, I can tell you off mic, there's ways to navigate that stuff a little bit better. And you have to figure that out for a couple of the uh, of the int more interesting puzzles, I feel like, in the game. I looked for a rock to throw at them. There's something else you can throw that helps you with it. The scout? Ah, so like it's a scout photo thing. Interesting. I never figured out an appropriate use for the scout. Huh. There you, you go. You need it in the bramble too. Just yes, spoiler alert. thousand percent. Um, so yeah, so there's little things with that, and it's you know, and and that's mentioned in the tutorial as you walk up the thing because it tells you, hey, use your scout. You can see the thing now. Oh, I didn't piece that together until way deeper into the game. It's just like. How do I figure this out? Because it's like, I need to get to this spot, but there's all this crap here. How do I figure this out? And so then I first, at first, I just started like rocketing myself through it, like ramping up, like using my boost and trying to stay level to the ground and just flying through it. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes I hit stuff and just, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like that's, just, that's, I think, I think the thing that you have to get to, and it's, it's kind of fitting that we played this game in February. You have to get to the Bill Murray state and Groundhog's Day where he just doesn't care about dying in the loop because you know you're going to reset the next day anyway. So it's just like, okay, well, back to square one. Well, you brought you up know? Groundhog's Day. Like, how long do you think that Bill Murray was in that loop? I think I think one of the writers actually answered it, and it's something like, it's some, like, crazy amount of years. It's like thousands of years, right? Yeah. It's like an insane amount really? of years. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. Wow. Because he spent most, uh, he spent a, a good chunk of them, what, you know, driving off a cliff with the groundhog, electrocuting himself in the bath, like exploring all those different things. And then, yeah. But yeah, it's something like hundreds or thousands of years. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Incredible. Casey, do you feel like you spent hundreds or thousands of years in the outer wilds? <laughs> I I don't know. I spent more time than I should have, probably. Like I really, really tried to give this game my time and I tried like I did. I gave I you know, I probably played I don't know, six, eight hours, something like that, which you know, can factoring the amount of twenty two minute loops that you get in there's yeah. a lot of loops. Yeah. Um and just for it a just quick got aside, so frustrating by the end of it. Mernzi, how much time do you think you put into this game? I was probably right around Casey, probably closer to six than eight. Yeah, I was probably in like, I think I finished it probably around like the 15 to 16 hour range. Um, You're a masochist, Joey. No, because, so that's the thing. <laughs> well, though. you say that, but you beat Castlevania too. Right. True. So you, you say that, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't like pulling teeth until the very end for me. And so it was like, literally the last hour or two were the most frustrating for me. Um... Because before that, it, it just stuff would happen. And I'd be like, well, that happened. But it's rewarding because like you talk about flying into the sun. Like once you start to see like, oh, the gravity pull of the sun has me. The, 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 the light of the sun is enveloping my ship. Once you figure out, oh, if I do this and this, I can get out of it. Then you're like, OK, cool. I figured out how to manage that. Like once you figure out, oh, I got rocketed out into space in Giant's Deep. And, um, how do I figure out how to get back to places? Like, like there's ways to, there's ways to figure out how to manage that, how to manage falling, um, without taking enough damage to die, so to speak. Um, but it's just, it, you know, if, if, if it doesn't click with you, it just doesn't click with you. And so I can completely understand that because there, there's, there's games that I just didn't click with that are in a similar for similar reasons, right? So I can completely understand if it just doesn't draw you in enough to go through or figure that out, then, you know, you're going to bounce off of it. And having played Mist with us and now having played Outer Wilds with us, are Casey and I just not like point-and-click adventure type of guys? This feels like a point-and-click, the spirit of a point-and-click adventure brought into a 3D exploration modern format. Possibly. I mean, Casey ended up, being fine with mist and not liking this. Um, cause really what I was looking at it after I made it a little bit into it, I was just, cause I was, I was seriously wondering what like you guys and what John would think about it. Cause I knew you three were going to play it. And it was one of those things where it was just like, well, I could see Tom really getting the exploration of this. Cause Tom likes exploration. Um, I, I was like, I was worried that the fact that there's no combat that you can perform in any way, shape or form, like if that was going to be a drawback for each of you, um, which me, I think for Munch it was. It seems like he just wasn't interested in not being able to do some sort of, and and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's what it kind of seemed like. Oh no, it's fine. You can put all the words you want to. <laughs> Try potato. John yeah. says potato. <laughs> Potato. He's in Indiana, so he says weird. He oh, says things weird. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so, so I don't know. It was weird though because it was one of those things. Um, cause like, like I said, the game resonated with me so much and I like just thoroughly enjoyed it. And then seeing each one of you, like John tried it first and then you got into it and then you got into it, Casey, it's like seeing each one of you like bounce off of it or almost bounce off of it. It was just sort of like, oh, like, you know, and I tried to like go back to the whole thing where have you ever seen the movie as good as it gets with Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt? No, I don't think so. No. So it, it's interesting because at the same time, 
like you and John especially really got into Vampire Survivor. That game is awesome. Vampire Survivor is the best. You should never play Outer Wilds unless you played Vampire Survivor. So it, for me, this was like a really it was a, a really interesting study in games because it's like Vampire Survivor. I'll jump in. I'll play it once or twice a sitting and then be like, yeah, I'm good. Like it was fun to navigate around, try not to get eaten and, and kill a bunch of things, collect a bunch of gems. But like. I don't know. Like, I don't have any strong compulsion that it's like, I need to go deeper into this game. I need to keep unlocking these achievements and stuff like that. You gotta unlock like, all the stuff, dude. That did, like, it's it's fun to unlock the things, but I don't feel like, like, when I get home, I'm gonna jump on Vampire Survivor for three hours and try to figure that out. That's how I was with Outer Wilds. I would be, like, nearing the end of my workday, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna go for a walk, and then I'm gonna come home, and I'm gonna go to this planet and try to figure this out, and then I'm gonna go here and try to figure this out, and we'll see what happens. And like, and I would sit there for two, three hours in a night and it's just, okay, just one more loop, just one more loop. And so like, for me, the like story of it, like was, was pulling me and, and like trying to figure out like, like there's the whole, one of the whole aspects of it is figuring out how quantum mechanics work. Um, and, and like, it's, it was fascinating to me is, and it, it, part of me is just like, is this really how quantum like mechanics works or not? Um, or is it just sort of what they made for this game? And it was just super fun. And then once you figured that out, it's like, oh, that's the solution to this puzzle. And that's how I do this thing. And like, it, it just like kept opening things up for me. And like, literally, like I said, it's like you, you see question marks popping up, like question marks in my head, as well as question marks on like the ship's log popping up. And it's just like, oh yeah, I want to see what this is now that I figured this out. And for me, you know, and maybe I'm jumping topics here, but I have never experienced a game where the exploration and the story and the quests had such an interesting and intricate interplay with each other and how all three of those things kind of fed off of each other to continue furthering the progress of the story um, and of the game as well as, like, your own personal experience. Like, you mentioned Bloodborne before, but it's a lot like Bloodborne in that way. Like, you're starting back at square one, and sure, in that game, you open up shortcuts, but there are some shortcuts in this game if you really don't want to fly places that, if you figure that out, you don't probably need to fly places. Um, and so it's one of those things where, like... <clears throat> For me, like it connected on that level and like all the exploration and the story and the quests that I was earning, like just sort of drove me forward with this um, in, in, a, in a unique way that I haven't seen in many video games before. And Bloodborne would be one that's kind of similar in that way. Now, I can see why if people get into the combat of the Souls games, how you could really get into Bloodborne and like that a lot more than this. Like I can completely understand that. Um, well, let's <clears throat> excuse me. Let's grab onto that seamless connection between the exploration, the lore, and the quest system, and let's restart our time loop. Let's go all the way back to the beginning of this show. Yes, this game is developed by Mobius uh, Mobius Digital, right? I think so. Mobius Digital. This is their first game. This is their first game, and they managed to pull off that incredible seamless mm -hmm. connection between the uh, exploration, lore, and quests. That's amazing. Like, yeah. <clears throat> just the fact that they were able to pull this game together, not necessarily my cup of tea, but mm -hmm. just it's phenomenal that a team in their first time out came up with this. Well, and it started as like a thesis project for game design for two of the people. 
And then it just like after they finished their thesis and graduated, they just were like, we're going to keep making this game and try to figure out how to do more with it. Um, and I think that's kind of interesting and fascinating as well. And I do wonder to some extent, you mentioned like starting over. I really wonder if they had to like kind of restart a lot of things from the beginning a couple of times when developing this game. Cause it's just like, okay, we got to reapproach how this all works to make it all kind of match together. Um, and yeah, when you think about it, there's so many, so much interconnectedness between all of the different parts of the solar system that I, I can't imagine how hard that is to design, much less than program it all together. Yeah, just imagine thinking it all out. Imagine dreaming it all up yes. without even having to put in all the ones and zeros. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Hats off to them for creating this experience, even though it wasn't necessarily my thing. Uh, Casey, where did this game excel for you? Um, We talked about like visually everything. The, the exploration part was actually really cool, and I can see why Joey likes this game, and I, I'm really, really glad that he did like it, because I know there's a lot of other people that liked it as well. Um, and we know from podcasts in the past that Joey loves a good story. And if given the opportunity, Joey's going to talk to every single NPC in a village. He's going <laughs> to read every single sign. He's going to do everything possible to gain as much knowledge and lore that he can uh, for that story. And this game is really, 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 really good at that. Right in the wheelhouse. Um, mm-hmm. And I just hated the time loop aspect of it. Because for me, yes, I'm gaining that lore as I go along. But like, I think maybe part of it is like, <laughs> I, I just wanted to continue on with that. Yeah. And like not have it end abruptly. Mm-hmm. Like I just wanted to keep going. Like I'm on a roll. I need to keep yeah. going. I need to keep going. And then nope, boom, I'm dead. I have to restart from the beginning. And that just at, by the end of it was too much for my brain to overcome. <laughs> Perhaps the problem is you're just not Tom enough, my friend. Like you're probably <laughs> cautious and analytical. And like this is a game where you just need to grip it and rip it a little bit. <laughs> Just grip it and rip it. Let's close with our final thoughts and takeaways. Joey, you are by far the highest on this game. Let's start with you. Yeah. um, This game is fun. Yeah, the game game was awesome. Um, I don't know where it would fall in, like, my pantheon of games. Well, we'll discuss that at the end of the year when we rank this with all of last year's game. Well, I mean, I already... I'm already preparing. I'm already preparing (laughs) to just sort of allow it to settle at the bottom of the list. I'm going to be more frustrated than Miss because... Obviously, I ultimately I really didn't have that much of a, you know of a care as to if Mist was higher on the list. It was higher for me, but that was just me. Um, I, I'm already preparing myself for the fact that you guys are going to put it near the bottom, <laughs> and I'm just going to have to live with it. I'll say my piece again at that point, but um, I will say that the game I felt like was maybe a little bit longer than it needed to be, and that's interesting with uh, roughly 15 hour experience for yeah, you because. I think the last couple hours was really just trying to make the last, trying to trigger the end game and get through that part. Like that was the last bit of it. And I might've been closer to 20 hours too. Um, but, and, and the angler fish worst freaking thing in this game. I don't want to say anything more about it, but if you get frustrated by the angler fish, look things up instantly. Don't fight with it for like an hour. Um, like I did, I, I, I've seen many people online saying this game was fantastic, but the anglerfish ruined it for me. And it's true because they are a pain to deal with, uh, especially when it's like step three in a five step process to finish the game. Um, so, yeah, I but aside from those things, l- literally, this is one of the m- most interesting experiences I've had with a video game um, like I think the ending, we kind of talked about it before we started the podcast. Um, if you've experienced it, 
Um, I think the ending like does resonate and it is thought provoking. Um, it still didn't quite resonate to the extent that like life is strange resonated with me, which was a very interesting experience for myself. Um, but I think outer wilds is phenomenal. Um, if you're interested in like exploring and like learning story and sciencey type stuff, like I would say, give it a shot. Um, but if you don't like it, don't feel like you need to force yourself through it. Um, because I don't know, there's, there's better ways to spend your time than playing a game that just doesn't jive with you. And that's the beauty of game pass, right? Yep. Like you pay your subscription. Like if you don't like outer wilds, well, guess what? You didn't invest 40, $60 in it. Like you just bounce off it and try the next thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this it just wasn't my thing. I mean, I love a good story, figuring out puzzles, exploring an open world as much as anyone, but forcing me to wake up from the same spot and repeat the launch sequence when I only have a limited amount of time to complete the puzzles and explore an entire solar system was just too much for me, and I think in the end just ruined what was actually a very well-made game uh, from almost every other aspect. And for me, this would be like the ideal change of pace game. I have to be in a certain mindset. Like, I only have so much time for gaming right now with two young kids, so like... You know, given the choice, I would much rather be shooting robot dinosaurs as an Aloy than figuring out what's going on in these different planets. Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah. Fun game, though. It's uh, And if you're into exploration and not necessarily addicted to combat... By the way, Brian, don't ever play this game. Brian, <laughs> you can just delete this entire experience from the history of your memory. <laughs> this, this is not for you. <laughs> Next month for Game Pass Forever, we will be playing Sunset Overdrive by Insomniac Games. Sunset Overdrive transforms an open-world apocalypse into your tactical playground. Zip, grind, and wall run across Sunset City with an unconventional arsenal. Hyper-agility, unique weapons, and customizable abilities deliver an explosive and irreverent adventure in the end times. Casey, you put this game up. What drew you to Sunset Overdrive? Um... I mean, we've played quite a few shooters lately, but this is one where I remember hearing some things about it. I didn't know a whole lot about it, but just kind it of... It's very being, much under the radar. It came out maybe seven-ish years ago. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of growing since then as an underground kind of, I don't know, cult classic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, just something that I've always wanted to try. It seemed like the setting was really cool and interesting and uh i'm really looking forward to playing it i think it should be should be fun me too this has been not quite next game up but it's been like in the conversation for next game up for six seven years for me i am so excited that you chose this i put up uh grand theft auto san andreas i'm like i hope i don't win (laughs) i said that in the discord (laughs) we had 12 people vote on this game 12 different people voted on the uh, game pass forever poll this month we Damn near had to play Worms Rumble. It was six to four. <laughs> oh, it got that close oh, at the it end. It got that close. And those oh. four people that voted for Worms didn't vote for any other games. It was all Worms all the time. We were that close. Dead to me. So we're going to put Worms up again next month as just a holdover because there were so many people that voted. Uh, next month, we'll still do a randomizer and we'll each put up our own things. But Sunset Overdrive. Joey, are you excited for it? Yeah, I'm really interested. I mean, it was it came out on Xbox One. It was exclusive to Xbox One, so I never really had a chance to play it. And that's interesting, too, because they made this game exclusively for Xbox One. It kind of bombed. And then their next project, Spider-Man. Yeah. Exclusive for Sony. So it's interesting that they bounced off of Microsoft to make games exclusively for Sony. Right, and Sunset, Sunset Overdrive was, like, a lot of the systems and things within that were, like a precursor to the tech that they used in Marvel Spider-Man because you traverse, you don't traverse with webbing, but you're traversing the world in an interesting, in an interesting fluid way, much similar to using the webbing in like Marvel Spider-Man. And so I'm really interested to see it 
from that perspective um, and just sort of see 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 uh, what it's all about. It, it's supposed to be kind of a fun game, like irreverent, I think, is a, a really good word for it. So I'm looking forward to that, too, as a nice kind of change of pace from what we did this month and some of the other things I'm playing. Um, and one of the other interesting aspects of it. Uh, so the guy who was the director for Sunset Overdrive left Insomniac, took like a year off after that, and then was one of the founders of the initiative underneath Microsoft, which is making the new Perfect Dark reboot. Um, so it's like their new AAA studio that they created. And then he recently left that company to start to go back to Insomniac Games and is working on the Wolverine game that they're making exclusive <laughs> for Sony PlayStation since Insomniac is now owned by Sony. Um, and so it just kind of was an interesting tidbit of like, the connectedness of some of these games. That is interesting. You excited for a new perfect dark game? Uh, I mean, perfect dark was one of those things where it wasn't golden eye. So I never really got into it. Okay. Well, you're done. Casey, <laughs> I played so much perfect dark at your house, mainly with your younger brother, Corey, but I, I played some with you and your annoying Twitch reflexes. <laughs> are, are you excited for a new perfect dark game? I think it's going to be, yeah, I, I'm very excited. I think it'll be interesting to see, um, similarities between the old game and the new game uh, if it's a, a complete reboot or if it's has some of the same storyline from the old game built into it um i'm gonna and take on, and on a new system like super fun i'm gonna miss my controller though that's the worst controller in game <laughs> i'm gonna take a hard pass on this game because when i bought my xbox 360 perfect dark zero was a launch title and that game was atrocious one of the worst games i have ever played i guess the only saving grace is that it's not rare making this it's it's a new developer with not really a lot of connections yeah. to rare so maybe, maybe hard pass is a bit strong but i'm going to take a wait and see approach yeah. i'm going to wait and wait and see what reviewers say for sure well thank you so much for joining us for this edition of uh what the game pass forever, game pass forever. wow <laughs> good thing i don't edit this thank you for joining us for whatever we're talking about <laughs> if you <laughs> If you enjoy this content, please back our show on Patreon. This standalone segment, oh, there it is, Game Pass Forever, is tied to a specific tier on Patreon. You can back us for as little as $2 a month, but at $10, you get an extra podcast from Tom and Joy. Check it out at patreon.com slash OIO. Thanks for listening. Stay inside, kids. <laughs>